passage that I'm going to talk to you about today. I'm, I'm going to work as quickly as I can uh, because there's a theme that the Lord is doing today about his power. As you know, we're in a new series uh, called Sound Doctrine, uh, knowing what you believe and why you believe it. And so today we begin talking about the Bible, Bibliology, and I'll begin reading at John chapter 18, verse 33. And I promise you these studies of doctrine will not be boring because there's nothing boring about God or his word. The Bible says, then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered him, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. So today let's work through the subject of bibliology part one. God's word is truth. Let's pray. Well, Father, thank you for who you are that you change not, that you are constant, you remain the same. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you for your word today, your divine objective standard that does not change. Lord, I pray that you would help me today to communicate some of these truths from your word. Give your people ears to hear what you're saying. Holy Spirit, teach us these truths, not only for our mind, but for our lives. Let us walk out differently than how we came in, more empowered, more encouraged that who we serve and how we know you through this word is sound and stable, right and correct. So might we feel safe and secure because of how you have preserved your word. For we pray all this in Jesus name and for his sake. Amen. Pilate asked Jesus the question of the ages, and that is, what is truth? And if you notice, he didn't stick around long enough to get the answer from Jesus because he asked the question and then he walked out, meaning that he really did not want to get the answer because being a wealthy powerful, educated, and unbelieving Gentile, his question implies that there is no definitive answer. And neither was he seeking the answer to his question because truth to an unbeliever is relative, subjective, and ever-changing. And so when he asked the question, he didn't believe that there was truly an answer. 
developing philosophy from the Greeks where they would toss around what is truth, what is truth, but never arriving at a solution. This is the cloth from which Pilate was cut from, the Hellenism that came from the Greeks. No true definitive understanding of what truth is. But truth for a disciple of Jesus Christ is absolute. It is objective. It is unchanging. And in our search for truth, Christians begin with God himself. Why? Because God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. First John 1 5 says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. So as Christians begin to delve into what is truth, we first want to understand who is truth and God is truth. But that is not the case with Satan, the adversary. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, it was God who told Adam, for in the day that you eat from this tree, the tree that I told you not to eat from, the day you disobey me and break my commandments, you will surely die. Genesis 2, 17. But Satan comes in the garden, and rather than speaking directly to Adam, he comes and he speaks to Eve, and he says to Eve, contradicting what God said in Genesis 3, 4, when he told her, with Adam listening in earshot, you will not surely die. So which one is truth? What God said or what Satan said? God said you will surely die. Satan said you will not surely die. Well, Jesus said in John 8, 44, that Satan is the father of lies. He was a liar from the beginning. So he was lying in the garden. And Jesus went on to say the reason why he tells lies is because that is his nature. And because that is his nature, he can't help but lie. He's the father of lies. And when he speaks, he speaks from his own nature. God, on the other hand, can only speak the truth because that is his nature. Isaiah 65, 16, two times God is referred to as the God of truth. So the primary question on the floor should not be first, what is truth? But it should be, who is truth? Because what is truth emanates from who is truth. So for Christians, we begin our quest for truth with God himself. And little did Pilate know that when he asked Jesus this question, what is truth? Little did he know that he was looking into the face and into the eyes of truth incarnate. That he was looking at truth personified. That Pilate was looking at truth with human clothes on as he looked at Jesus because John chapter 1 verse 14 says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as the only begotten of the father full of grace and what truth Jesus is full of truth which is why he could say in John 14 6 when they said we don't know the way and Jesus said I am the way I am the truth and I am the life and no man comes to the father except by me.
Paul picked up on this in Ephesians 4.21 when he said that the truth is in Jesus. So where is the truth? It's in Jesus. Jesus is full of truth. He is the truth. And in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, when Jesus Christ returns to earth riding triumphantly on a white horse, the Bible says that his name is called faithful and true. So had Pilate been with Jesus the night before in the upper room with the disciples, he would have heard Jesus say what is found in John 17, verse 17, when Jesus said, sanctify them. By your truth, your word is truth. So had Pilate been in the upper room, or had Pilate really wanted to know the answer to his question, he would have known who truth is, that truth is God. Truth is Jesus. And he would have known what truth is or where truth is contained. And truth is contained according to Jesus, who cannot lie. He said that God's word is truth. So point number one today, God's word is truth because of what Jesus says about it. <laughs> God's word is truth because of what Jesus says about it. He said God's word is truth. And whatever Jesus says something is, that's what it is. So if Jesus says that the Bible is truth, guess what the Bible is truth. So if Jesus says that you are forgiven, guess what you are? You are forgiven. If Jesus says that you're blessed, guess what you are? You are blessed. If Jesus says that you are an overcomer, guess what? You are an overcomer because Jesus cannot lie. You are whatever Jesus says you are. So if he says you are a son of his, you are a daughter of his, guess what you are? You are a son, a daughter of God. If he says you are a saint, which means a holy one, that's what you are because Jesus cannot lie. So when he says that the word is truth, that's what it is. But we also know that the liar exists. And he questions not only God, but he questions the word because his first four recorded words in Genesis chapter three are, did God really say? And that has been going on since the beginning of time where Satan or Satan working through various channels will question what God said. So God's word is reflective of him. And since God is true, his word must be true. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God is pure. Some translations say every word of God is flawless. Why? Because God is flawless. There are no flaws in God. God is pure. So whatever emanates from him by way of his word is also pure. So not only his spoken word, but his written word that he has preserved through the ages is pure and flawless. So since God's word is truth, any other quote unquote truth that contradicts the truth is not the truth. Let me say it one more time. Since God's word is truth, any other quote unquote truth that contradicts the truth is not the truth. If a scientist promotes a truth that contradicts the truth of scripture, guess what? God is right and the scientist is wrong. Can I get an amen? If a professor in your school promotes a truth that contradicts the truth of scripture, God is right and the professor is wrong. If a politician promotes a truth that contradicts the truth of scripture, God is true and the politician is wrong. If a philosopher or a preacher or a prophet 
promotes a kind of truth that contradicts the truth of scripture. God is right and the prophet, the preacher, the religious person is wrong. Therefore, Buddha and the four noble truths are false. Confucius and the five classics are false. Hinduism and its eternal law are false. Muhammad and the Quran are false. Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon are false. Charles Russell and the New World's Translation for the Jehovah's Witness, it is false. Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. You can't have two truths that contradict coming from one God. Because the Muslims try to say that we have the same God, that Jesus was just a prophet. The Mormons try to say that we have the same God and that God just expanded on what he gave the apostles by giving Joseph Smith something that contradicts what the Bible says. So wait a minute now, wait a minute. No, 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 no. One true God will not give two different truths that contradict. No, he can only give one truth. So therefore, if there's contradiction, it's not in God, it's in you coming up with something that's a lie from the pit of hell. So I tell people all the time, they'll say, man, the book, the Quran and the Bible, which one is true? Well, I tell you what, because they contradict, they both can be false, but they both can't be true. So the question is, which one is true? And I'm putting my money on the one who cannot lie. The one who says in the book of Hebrews that in the past God spoke through the prophets, but in these days he's spoken through his son. I'm putting my trust in Jesus, the son of God, as opposed to a man who stole sheep and, and prostituted women and took advantage of folk and came up with dreams and visions in a cave. Those were demons that visited Muhammad. Those were demons that visited Joseph Smith. Those were demons that visited Charles Taze Russell. Those were demons that, in, that visited Buddha. Uh, I'm trusting in Jesus Christ. And if you don't like it, so be it. So be it. I'm an evangelical, not an evangelifish. I got a spiritual backbone up in here. And when you got the truth, man, you don't have to apologize. It is what it is. God's word is yea and amen. It's settled in heaven. And the question is, are we going to agree with God or are we going to agree with the lie? I choose to agree with God. Jesus said about this book now, Matthew 5, 18, for assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. So he's not only talking about the fact that this book is true, he's saying that it's also indestructible. The truth in this book will outlive the earth. It has also outlived every person who has ever questioned its veracity. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 through 25, all flesh is like grass. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So this book was here before the greatest minds ever came. And this book is still here once those greatest minds have gone on. So I'm going to trust this book right here that is true. So point number two, as I move, God's word is truth because of what it says about Jesus. So point number one, God's word is truth because of what Jesus says about it. He says it's truth and he says it's indestructible. But then he goes on to say in point number two, or rather I say, God's word is truth because of what it says about Jesus. Put your seatbelt on because here we go. Go over to John chapter five, verse 39. Man, you got to know God wrote this book. 
because the things that Jesus is going to say that he ends up fulfilling hundreds of years after they were written can only be God. They can only be God. You have a book written by over 40 different authors from various walks of life over a 1600 year period. And the main theme of the book in the old and the new is Jesus Christ, the son of God. There's this theme that runs through that is consistent as these books are pieced together over the times by the church fathers. Oh my, this book is amazing. John chapter five, verse 39. Jesus said, you search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. The Bible's talking about me. Look at verse 46 of chapter 5. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? C.S. Lewis put it this way. Jesus was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was Lord. So when a man comes along and he says that this ancient text was written about him, that the great lawgiver Moses himself wrote about him in the age around, he's 30 to 32, 33, and he, this young man comes along saying that Moses was writing about me. Folks were thinking that he was either a liar that he was crazy. <laughs> and then there was a small group of folks that thought he was Lord. I'm in that number. I'm, I'm in that remnant. I believe that he's Lord. I believe that he's Lord. I be Anybody else believe that he's Lord? Can I get a witness? You believe that he's Lord? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 for those of you who need a little bit more rationale, here we go right here. When did Moses write about Jesus? Hmm. Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman, he was writing about Jesus, fulfilled in Galatians 4.4. Genesis 12.3, he was the seed of Abraham, fulfilled in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Genesis 17, because Moses wrote the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis 17.19 said that Jesus would be the seed of Isaac. Luke chapter 3 verse 34, it was fulfilled. Numbers 24.17 says that he would be the seed of Jacob. Matthew 1.2. It happened. Genesis 49.10 says that the Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. The scepter would not depart from Judah. Luke chapter 3 verse 33. Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah. Deuteronomy 18.15. Moses said that God's going to raise up a prophet like me who will lead our people. Acts chapter 3 verses 20 and 22. Jesus is that prophet that's greater than Moses and any other prophet you choose to name. So Moses wrote about Jesus. What about the types in the Pentecost? to Jesus is the Passover lamb. Jesus is the bread from heaven. Jesus is the rock that gave the people water. Jesus is the ark of the covenant. Jesus is the scapegoat that took the sin into the wilderness. Jesus is the lampstand. He's the light of the world. He is the high priest. He is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. He is the ram that was caught in the bush so that Isaac would not die. Speaking of the fact that he took our place so that we don't have to die. He is the rod that budded that they put in the ark because the rod that budded showed that it was something dead but life came from it it's not supposed to happen he is the one where he came back to life again and if we go back into the ark of the covenant it's a box made of wood covered with something beautiful called gold jesus was the god man he had flesh and bone but he was covered with something called deity everywhere you look he's in this bible if you got eyes to see and ears to hear 
Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 27. The Bible says, then he said to them, this is after the resurrection. He's walking with some on the road to Emmaus. They don't know that it's Jesus. And he says to them, oh, foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Verse 44, Luke chapter 24. Then he said to them, this is the guys in the upper room. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So who's the star of the Bible? Jesus is the star of the Bible. If you don't believe me, let's go back. Isaiah 7:14, the Messiah would be born of a virgin. Luke 1:26 and 27, it happened. Isaiah 9:7, the Messiah would be heir to the throne of David. Luke chapter 1 verses 32 and 33, it happened in Jesus. Micah chapter 5 verse 2, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Luke chapter 2 verse 4, it happened in Jesus. Malachi, excuse me, Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, that there would be a flight into Egypt. Matthew chapter 2, verse 14, it happened in Jesus. Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6, says that the coming of the Messiah would be preceded by Elijah. Matthew chapter 11, verses 13 through 14, Jesus said, Elijah has come, and if you have ears to hear, it was John the Baptist. Psalm chapter 2, verse 7, that the Messiah would be declared to be the Son of God. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 when Jesus was baptized the father said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 and 2 the Messiah would be anointed with the Holy Spirit to minister to the poor Luke chapter 4 verses 18 through 19 it happened in Jesus Isaiah 53 verse 3 the Messiah would be rejected by his own John chapter 1 verse 11 Jesus came to his own and his own did not receive him Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 there would be a triumphal entry of the Messiah into Jerusalem riding on a donkey Mark chapter 11 verses 7 through 9 it happened in Jesus Christ Psalm 41 verse 9 Jesus would be betrayed by a close friend Luke chapter 22 verses 47 through 48 Judas betrayed the Lord Zechariah chapter 11 verse 12 that the Messiah would be sold out for 30 pieces of silver Matthew chapter 26 verses 14 through 15 it happened to Jesus Isaiah 53 verse 7 that he would remain silent while he's being accused Mark chapter 15 verse 4 through 5 it happened in Jesus Isaiah chapter 50 verse 6 that the Messiah would be spat upon and slapped Matthew chapter 26 verse 67 it happened to Jesus Isaiah 53 verse 12 that the Messiah would be executed with criminals. Mark 15 verse 27, he was suspended between two robbers. Psalm 22 verses 16 and 10, that he would be pierced in his hands and feet. John 20 verse 27, Jesus was pierced in his hands and feet. Psalm 22 verses 17 through 18, the soldiers would gamble for his clothing. Matthew chapter 27 verses 35 through 36, it happened. Isaiah 53 5, that he would be awful 
suffered as a vicarious atonement for sinners. Romans chapter 5 verses 6 and 8. It happened in Jesus. Psalm 22 verse 1. That the Messiah would be forsaken by God. And on the cross Jesus said in Matthew 27 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 34 20. None of his bones would be broken. John chapter 19 verses 32, 33 and 36. They did not break the bones of Jesus after he had died. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 his side would be pierced John chapter 19 verse 34 it happened to Jesus Isaiah 53 verse 9 he would be buried with the rich Matthew 27 verses 57 through 60 it happened to Jesus and then there's Psalm 16 verse 10 that you will not leave my soul in hell. You will not allow your Holy One to suffer decay. Speaking of the resurrection in three days. And in Matthew 28 verse 6. The angel said he ain't here. Come check the place where they laid him. Can't nobody do that but Jesus. Can't nobody do this but the Son of God. So the Bible is true because of what it says about Jesus. Finally. God's word is true because of what it says about itself. Bibliology is the study of the Bible, namely what the Bible says about itself. And hundreds of times the Bible, the scriptures calls itself the word of God. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord. Exodus chapter 24, verse 4. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. I guess God had a plan when he allowed that boy to be raised up in that great school over there across the street in Egypt so that boy could write. Exodus 34 verse 1, and the Lord said to Moses, cut two tablets of stone like the first ones and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Exodus 34 28, so he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Does anybody's Bible still have the Ten Commandments in it? So therefore, I guess what Jesus said is true. Heaven and earth will pass away before this law passes away. We still got his word right here in our laps. Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see. Write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Does anybody have uh, that last book that Jesus said, John, write this down. Does anybody have the book of Revelation with these seven churches uh, addressed? We still got it, praise the Lord, because God's word is truth because of what Jesus says about it. It's truth because of what it says about Jesus. And it's truth because of what it says about itself. So in conclusion, I go back to John chapter 18. Yeah. Yeah. This word, this word. John chapter 18, verse 38. I got to go back into it one more time. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. 
Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The proof that you know Jesus, the truth, is that you listen to his voice as he speaks truth. Jesus said in John 10, they, they won't follow, my sheep won't follow a stranger because they don't know the stranger's voice. But my sheep know my voice. And my voice is a voice of truth. And sometimes my sheep don't like when I speak truth to them because sometimes my sheep think they know more than the shepherd himself. That's the good shepherd. But ultimately, my sheep get it in line and my sheep end up following me because my sheep have been born again of the spirit of truth. So they recognize truth when they hear it. Jesus said, my people know my voice and my voice is one of truth. So my question to you today is, what is the Lord saying to you? He's not mixing the message as the worship team comes back. He, he's not mixing the message. The message is clear. And if you really are his, you, you hear the truth from him. Now, there are lies that come from the enemy every day at each and every one of us. But if we don't know the truth, we're sitting ducks for the enemy. I believe Jesus may be speaking to someone today, speaking the truth to you, saying it's time for you to follow me. You've been following everything and everybody else. And like Pastor John said, you've been even following yourself. Proverbs says that if you trust in yourself, you're a fool. If you've never trusted in Jesus, today is the day for you to do that if you hear his voice calling you. Right before I turned 16 on June 29th, 1984, at a camp where I went there to go see girls, but ended up going and I met Jesus, he called me. He said, uh, it's time, man. You've been going to church. You don't know me. And there was a tugging in my heart. I didn't know at the time it was the conviction of the Holy Spirit drawing me into the love and grace of God. And because I heard the voice of God calling me to follow him, I responded to that call. And I said, yes, Lord. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I knew I needed him. I heard his voice saying, come on. And in a moment, I'm going to invite anyone here. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I didn't say that you know church or you know church songs. No, you've got to know Jesus. I'm going to invite you to him. If you hear him saying, follow me, you come on and you follow him. If you hear the Lord saying, speaking truth to you now, forgive as you've been forgiven. Wait a minute. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what he did to me. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. There are no buts. Forgive. Release them as I have released you. Who are you to hold a grudge? Do you hear his voice saying to you, give, and it shall be given to you? Give, give, give. Stop clutching your resources because they're his anyway. Give. It's like having a chester drawer. You have the top drawer and the bottom drawer and drawers in between. And a lot of times as Christians, we say you can have access to this drawer, that drawer, but you can't have access to the drawer where I keep my wallet. And Jesus is like, no, I want everything. Because when I saved you, I saved all of you. Give me all of you, including your money. Give and it will be given to you. Trust me, test me. Some of us have not trusted him, but he's speaking. He's telling some of us to go and sin no more. Do you hear that? Those who are of the truth hear my voice. 
He's calling some of us, man, get out of that lifestyle. Y'all been living together, it's wrong. We're going to get married, but you're not married now. You're living in sin. Come out. Go and sin no more. I only smoke this for medicinal purposes, just to calm me down. Is it illegal here in the United States or in this state? Yes, it is. Go and sin no more. Stop rationalizing. Stop making excuses. Do you hear his voice? Will you respond? He says, my people who, who hear my voice acknowledge that I am their king. If he tells you to go, go to the mission field. Go and adopt. Go serve. Go. Do you hear his voice? When he says he worship me, do you hear his voice? When he says pray and not faint, pray, pray, Chris, pray. Do you hear my voice of truth? I'm speaking to you. I'm lifting this off of just the pages of the Bible, and we need this. But, man, if there's no application to all this stuff we're getting, you can learn all the facts you want, but if it doesn't change your life, it's no good. Jesus is not concerned about us getting facts. He wants to change us. He's telling somebody, you know you need to join that church. You've been playing with it. You've been non-committal. You don't have any true accountability or fellowship in your life. You need to do something. You need to make a commitment. Stop being an attender and become a part, an official part of the church. In a moment when we pray, I'm giving people an opportunity to hear his voice. He's saying to somebody, like he was saying to me during worship, come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Give it to me. I got it, Chris. I'm going to show you I got it. I'm going to move on the heart of your brother here to come have the people pray. And while y'all were praying over me, man, I could hear the Lord saying, see, I, man, I got you. Stop trying to hold that burden. That's what Pastor John said during worship. I believe in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every matter is established. God's been saying this message to the body. Let it go. You can't carry it. Then we're singing about he reigns. You don't reign. He does. Let it go. Do you hear the voice of truth? Oh! He's telling you to love your neighbor. I know they're not from your background. I know you didn't grow up with white people. You didn't grow up with Latino people. You didn't grow up with people from India. You didn't grow up with this person or that. But it, it doesn't matter. Love your neighbor. Stand with me to your feet. God's word is true because of what Jesus says about it. It's true because of what it says about Jesus. And it's true because of what it says about itself. And then it's true because of what it says. I mean, everything it talks about, and we'll get into this in weeks to come, it's true on everything it speaks to. So as we sing here in a moment, you respond to his voice in the house. If you need salvation, come talk to Pastor Darrell. Pastor Darrell, would you stand here? If you need to repent, come talk to the Lord. The altar is open. Don't come talk to Daryl if you're a Christian, but you haven't repented. Sin has broken the fellowship, but it hasn't changed the relationship. He's always your dad. You need to confess your sin. You don't need to get saved again. The fact there's conviction, that's a good thing. So don't come to Pastor Daryl when he asks you, have you been born again? And you say, yeah, but no, 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 no. Talk to him if you've never been born again. If you're born again and you know you need his mercy you want to join this church Tanya you come stand on this side we got a new members class that's starting in a couple of weeks let's be obedient to his voice sheep don't make it 
that are away from the fold. Because you not only need earthly shepherds to look out for you, but above all, you need sheep to look out for you. You need another sheep to go, bad, don't go down that bad, don't do bad, I got you bad, you need some help bad, I'll come by the hospital bad, y'all need a plate bad. But when you by yourself, man, you want to join the church, come talk to her. John, can you take us in and see the portion? You got it, man? And let's move. Let's be obedient to the spirit of Jesus Christ. Let's sing this together, Lord. Lord, you are my
Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands. Just lift your hands to him. Just lift, just lift your hands. Just lift your, lift your voices and your hands. Just lift your voices and your hands. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Your healing is in the atmosphere. It's here. He's here. Your emotional healing is in the atmosphere. He's here. He's here. Your forgiveness is here. You better take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. He's here. He's in. Pull it down. Let him, let him know it's here. He's here now, waiting for you to take it. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my, 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 my. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. You're wonderful. Your word is pure. Your word is pure. It's sweeter than honey. Your spirit is here. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. As you go, that's the song right there. Just, just, just sing this song as we go out today. Thank you, Father. Take worship home with you. Take worship with you. Allow God to continue to heal you. Listen, marriages, your marriage is not over because God is still God. Your marriage is not over because God is to just submit to God. The Bible says for you to submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have to do your part in order for God to do his part. You got to submit to God and watch him work on your behalf. Submit to him. Let him work, Jesus. So thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. If y'all didn't know, God is here. If you didn't know, this place is about to do some exploding. Not just today, but this, this, this atmosphere, this place, this building, this, this organization, this organism, what God calls Strong Tower Bible Church, it's something about to happen. I don't know what God wants to do, but we want to be in the wormhole. We want to be there when he's doing it. Let's be in, intentional and do what God wants us to do. Walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Let God do his work as we leave today. In Jesus' name, have a good, blessed day. God bless you. You dismissed.